Honey, it's your turn. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Okay. I'll let you sleep. Why don't you let me sleep? Ow. You giving me dirty looks isn't gonna make the light turn sooner, buddy. Yes, I know. I only have 159 more copies to make, so of course I'd like to hear about your aunt's 12-hour abdominal surgery. Yes, ma'am. You're right. You're always right. I'll redo the entire presentation. People are crazy. Oh, sounds like it was a hard day. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Thanks, honey. Amen. Well, good morning, New City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you also to those who may be joining us online. I'm Rodney, and I'm the campus pastor here at the South Park location. And let me just say, today is a good day. Amen? Today is a good day. Got, got a couple things I want to share uh, regarding family news. The first thing is, today is group link. Amen? Today is group link. So after uh, this service today, we'll, be have, we'll have lunch, we'll have tri- child care. But we love group link around here because group link is an opportunity for us to get connected into what we call circles here. So, so rows are what we are in currently, but, but, but community happens in circles. Amen. Community happens in circles. And so group link is an opportunity for any of you who is not connected currently uh, to a community group to get connected. And community groups are the best place for us to be stirred by the scriptures and to struggle well together. It's also a place where we can serve together. So I invite you uh, to come. It's not too late if you haven't, if you haven't signed up. And if you haven't signed up and you want to come, just come. We'll make space for you. Amen. Also, um, want to reference a place where you can go on the app to find uh, all of the sermon series that you uh, hear preached on a Sunday morning. And also uh, study, study questions. Study questions. Many community groups now are uh, going through the sermon series via the sermon questions. And so it's a great place uh, for you to just kind of dive in deeper to the things that you hear the Lord speak on a Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. So I started off saying it's a great day, and if the information I gave you was not enough, um, it's also a good day uh, because a special someone is celebrating a birthday today. Now, I I need your help with this one. Can y'all help me? I need your help. So why don't you help me honor my my, my lovely wife as she celebrates a birthday today. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, one of the most special people uh, I've ever had the privilege to know. And so today, sweetheart, I honor you uh, on your birthday, and I pray that it is a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So for those of you who may be uh, joining us for the first time, we've been in a very powerful series entitled Sandpaper People. Sandpaper People. And today, you know, is, 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 is no different. We have an important message in this series today. It's kind of a heavy message, so I want you to prepare your hearts. And so let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer as we get ready for him to deal with us as only he can. Amen? Amen. God in heaven, thank you for this privilege, for this honor, for this responsibility to sit at your feet and to learn of you. God, we pray that you would arrest our attention right now, God, and that your spirit would impede anything that would uh, seek to distract us. Pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and the discipline to apply your word to our lives, Lord God. 
Now, Lord, I pray that as I stand before your people, they would not see me, they would see you. They would not hear me, that they would hear you. God, I pray now, touch my lips with a hot coal, fill my belly with rivers of living water. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, shape this moment. May it be exactly what you intend for it to be. Whatever you do, God, get the glory in this place. In Jesus' name, all God's children said amen, amen, and amen. Well, again, we have been in a, a very good series entitled Sandpaper People. And uh, just by virtue of recap, uh, we learned three important things from the onset. Number one, we learned that we all have sandpaper people. Amen? We all have people that, that rub us the wrong way. Uh, again, if you are sitting next to your sandpaper person, just keep your eyes fixed on me. <laughs> they will never know that this message is about them. We also learned... More importantly, that we all are a sandpaper person to someone. Undoubtedly, somebody will be taking notes about you during this message, how they can get peace in their heart about you. And lastly, and more importantly, we learn that God uses sandpaper people. God uses sandpaper people to shape us and mold us. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been challenged to accept the person as Jesus accepts us. We learned that we need to take these relationships with sandpaper people and put them into the hands of a loving God so that these relationships will polish us and not scratch us. And last week, uh, Pastor Chris asked us a very powerful question, and that question was this. If our sandpaper people were to change, would we allow them to change? If our sandpaper people were to change, would we allow them to change, because many times, if we're honest, uh, when people hurt us, we leave them right in that space. It could be 15 years later, but the next time you see them, in our eyes, for most of us, they are still the same person that hurt us. We also learned that whatever annoys us, there's probably a narrative that precedes it. Whatever hurts us, there's probably a narrative that precedes it. In other words, maybe the reason they hurt you is because they're hurting. Maybe. Maybe the reason they hurt us is because they're hurting. Now, I'll be the first to admit, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right, but maybe it will help us to extend grace to those people. And so last week, we talked about principle number one, which is accept the person. And today, we'll talk about principle number two, which is forgive the hurt. Forgive the hurt. I want to start with this quote by Marianne Williamson that says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Truth is, family, that many of us are sick. Many of us are sick because we're drinking the poison of unforgiveness. And I came to share with you that God doesn't want it to be that way for you nor for me. The question, uh, there's no question, rather, that many of our sandpaper people have hurt us deeply. No question that they have hurt us deeply. Their words, their choices, their actions have wounded us. And in many cases, that, that hurt runs deep. That hurt runs deep. The truth is that to be in any kind of relationship whatsoever, to be in any kind of relationship, in fact, to be human in this broken world is to experience hurt and pain. I wish, it, I wish it wasn't the case. I wish it wasn't so. But all of us, everyone in this room, either has been hurt, currently hurting, 
or we will be hurt at some point in the future. Now, I don't want to minimize anybody's hurt in any way. I don't want to minimize anybody's hurt. In fact, in all seriousness, for some of us who never got an apology, let me say to you, I'm sorry. On behalf of your sandpaper person, let me say that I apologize. I'm sorry that they disrespected you the way that they did. I'm sorry that they violated you the way that they did. I'm sorry that they rejected you and abandoned you the way that they did. But the bottom line for this series is forgiveness is setting someone free and realizing it's me. Forgiveness is setting someone free and realizing that someone is me. So what does God have to say about forgiving the hurts of our sandpaper people? Let's look together at Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse, verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. If you have a copy of the scriptures in front of you, I invite you to turn there. It should also be preloaded on the app. Matthew 18, verse 21. When you have it, say, I got it. Ah, some of y'all overachievers. Some of y'all said that just because I said said it. You ain't there yet. We'll wait. It's okay. It's all right. We'll wait. <clears throat> Once again, Matthew 18. We'll begin at verse 21. Very familiar passage of Scripture. And it reads, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, verse 23, may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 10,000, who owed him, I'm sorry, $100. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that what had taken place, they, great, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And verse 35, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. So there's a lot that we can unpack here. But what we see is, is something that many of us do, but maybe in different areas of our lives. We have been, have been forgiven by God, but we're slow to extend forgiveness. We've been given extended grace by God, but we are slow to extend 
grace to others. But I want to take a few minutes and talk about what true forgiveness is. But I want to begin by talking about what forgiveness is not. What forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not justifying what the person did. You know, many times we make excuses for the person and we say things like, I deserved it or I had it coming. Forgiveness is also not forgetting about it. Sometimes some of us just want to forget about it. We just want to move on. Hey, you know what? Let's not, let's not talk about it anymore. Forgiveness is also not asking God to forgive the person. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. It's also not asking God to forgive our feelings about them. God help me. Again, that is part of it, but that is not all of it. Forgiveness is also not, and this is a big one, denying the existence of the hurt altogether. You know, it doesn't doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm good. I don't know about you, but that's one I hear all the time. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm thinking to myself, a blind man can see you're not good. But that's the lie that we tell ourselves. And some of us have gotten good at suffering in silence. Some of us have gotten good, and we do it in the name of peace. We'll suffer in silence. Hey, you know what? I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. And we do that in the name of peace when there's internal turmoil going on. So it might be peace with you and the other person, so you think. But then you carry that burden all for yourself. And so that's some of the things that forgiveness is not. But let's take a look at what biblical forgiveness is. What is biblical forgiveness? And this is important because for many of us, our forgiveness is transactional. It's transactional. In other words, I'll forgive you if, right? I'll forgive you if you say you're sorry or you apologize or you express some sort of remorse or regret. But biblical forgiveness means that you and I forgive them independent of their involvement. Independent of their involvement. Biblical forgiveness is also releasing someone from an obligation to you from a wrong done. It's also, as we saw in the text, the cancellation of a debt. But here's what I want you to know. Many sandpaper people will never ask for forgiveness. Many will never ask for forgiveness. In fact, many of them don't even know that they've hurt us. Many of them don't even know. One of the the primary characteristics of many sandpaper people is a lack of awareness. They don't even know that they've hurt us. I liken this to uh, when I was in the Navy and and when we were out to sea, we would would like to go what we call topside, and we would just like to go out and just look at the water, and there, were, uh, there was no land in sight, there was just water. And one of the interesting things I thought about as I prepared for this was that uh, you, have a, you have a huge naval vessel, and it's leaving these massive waves in the ocean that extend far beyond the location of the ship. And the interesting thing is with sandpaper people, it's the same thing. Sandpaper people create these massive waves of relational tension and relational waves that they have no clue that they're leaving. No clue. In other words, they hurt you, and then you, re- you never resolve that pain, and so you hurt somebody else. And then that person hurt somebody else, and that person, somebody else. What, what I've also discovered here is that most of our difficult relationships are foolish people, not necessarily evil people. 
They're foolish people. They're not necessarily evil people. But here's the thing. Whether they are foolish or whether they are evil, God asks us to forgive them anyway. Foolish or evil, God asks us to forgive them anyway. Whether they own up to it or whether they recognize it or not, God asks you and I to forgive them anyway. Now, why is this important? It's important because it keeps you and I from being held hostage to something that the other person may never get right. They may never get it right. And it keeps you and I from being stuck in that place. And God has something to say about how we handle our difficult relationships. And so I want to take a few moments and talk about how do we begin to forgive? How do we, how do we start this process in spite of the hurt we feel and the pain we feel? How do we begin this process? The first thing I want to share with you today is that number one, we need to put God in between us and our sandpaper person. We need to put God in between us and our sandpaper person. Listen, God has called you and I to forgive. He's called us to forgive. And this means that we cannot do this apart from him. We can't do this alone. We can't. In fact, God will never call us to do something that we can do without him. He'll never call you and I to do something that we don't need him for. And here's something else. Uh, There's a person on the other side of that hurt and that pain. Doesn't matter how bad it hurts us, doesn't matter how long it's been, whether they said they were sorry or not, there's a person on the other side of that pain. And what you probably realize by now is that human beings are fragile. Human beings are fragile. And so it's important that we put God in the middle because nobody understands the fragility of man more than God does. Nobody understands that more than God. It's also uh, an opportunity when we put God in the middle, it's an opportunity for us to remember just how much God has forgiven us. Unlike the servant that we saw here in Matthew 18. Putting God in the middle is an opportunity for us to tell God all about the hurt and allow him to be the go-between. Allow God to be the go-between. It's an opportunity for us to give God the hurt and ask him to use it for his glory and for his good. Now, why is God's involvement important? Would you agree that our God is the God of truth? Would you agree with that? But here's what you may not understand, is that our pain, though very real, though very real, is oftentimes the byproduct of a lie. It's oftentimes the byproduct of a lie. And nothing can expose a lie like the truth of God's word. Nothing can expose a lie. Uh, Let me tell you what I mean. Uh, A couple of months ago, I was uh, speaking at an event here in Charlotte, and I was a part of a panel. And it was uh, myself and it was three other guys on the panel. And it was all men in the room. All men in the room. And so so the Lord led me to, to be vulnerable with the guys in the room. Let me to be vulnerable. And I started to share with the men uh, some things that were going on in my life that made me feel rejected. Things that made me feel rejected and things that made me feel abandoned. But thank God that there was a therapist in the room. There was a therapist on the panel. And he simply said, he said, he said hey, brother, do you, do you believe that God's word is true? Do you believe that? I said, I said of course I do. 
He said, then if you believe that God's word is true, then you can, the truth is you can never be rejected. You can never be rejected. You can never be abandoned. This is why God suffered, bled, and died for you. You can never be rejected and you can never be abandoned. And, th- and this is what happens when we put our pain up against the truth of God's word. He'll always expose the lie in the pain. Though the pain is real, and yes, the pain needs to be dealt with, but oftentimes it's rooted in a lie. What I also learned is that it exposes the fact that many of us put a higher premium on our relationship with man than we do with God. In other words, it means more to me what man thinks about me than what God thinks about me. But what did Job say? Job said, Job said God, I esteem your word more than my necessary food. And so that hurt and that pain that you and I feel is an opportunity for us to allow God to change our perspective of our situation. You remember uh, Joseph in, 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 in the book of Genesis. And, and you remember how Joseph was, was thrown in prison and he was sold into slavery by, by his brothers. Yet in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph says, you meant it for evil, but God meant this for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant this for good. In other words, God changed his perspective. What if, what if there's a bigger lesson in all of this for all of us? What if there's a bigger lesson than the pain that we feel, than the rejection that we feel? What if it's not about the other person at all? What if God is using our sandpaper people to teach us how to forgive like he does? We'll only begin to realize that when we put God in the middle of our situation, when we put God in the middle of our circumstance. And so we begin the process of forgiving by putting God in between us and our sandpaper person. The second thing I want to share today is that you and I need to make a choice to release them and not retaliate. We need to make a choice to release them and not retaliate. I love this quote that I found that says, just because someone was a villain in your story doesn't mean you have to be one in theirs. Just because someone was a villain in your story doesn't mean you have to be a villain in theirs. Because when you think about it, the nature, most of us, it's, it's counterintuitive to forgive, right? It's, it's, it, what most of us want to do is we want to retaliate when we feel like we've been wrong. Because innately, we want justice. I don't care if it's, listen, I, it could be you in the parking lot of Walmart and you got your signal on getting ready to get a spot and somebody jumps in and gets a spot before you. And for some of us, that, that's, that's all it takes for, to set us off, right? And, and if, if, if you're anything like me, you pray for me. Uh, sometimes I want to follow people just so I can scare them. <laughs> so, sometimes I just want to follow them home just to shake them up a little bit. Pray for me, please. God is still working on me. Don't judge me. <laughs> but, the, but my nature is to retaliate. It's counterintuitive to release somebody. It's counterintuitive to release. But, but hear this. Forgiveness is never by chance. It's always by choice. Forgiveness is never by chance. It's always by choice. You remember in Deuteronomy when Moses told the Israelites in 3019, he said, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today 
that I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Forgiveness is a choice. And if forgiveness is a choice, so is unforgiveness. We can choose to forgive or we can choose to hang on to bitterness and resentment and anger. When we choose to forgive the person that's hurt us, when we choose to turn them over to God, we get out of the seat of judge, jury, and executioner. And here's the thing. I'm not worthy of that seat, and neither are you. We're not worthy to sit in that seat. In fact, it's, it's a burden that is too great for you and I to carry. It's a burden that's too great for you and I to carry. Harboring unforgiveness puts and keeps us in jail. When we harbor unforgiveness, we prolong the polishing process. We prolong the work that God wants to do in our lives and in our hearts. We prolong it. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I think the question that, that, that many of us need to ask ourselves is this. Can we trust God enough to give him our hurt and our sandpaper people? Can we trust God enough? And, and this, is, this, is, this is an important question because for many of us, we come to church all the time. We serve all the time. But as it relates to forgiving the hurt, it's a matter of trust. Do we trust God enough that when I give it to him, it's going to stay there? God is going to take care of it if I leave it in his hands. I trust him to be God. I trust that God is going to take care of uh, what, 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 what concerns me. In fact, that's what his word says. He'll perfect the things that concern us. But here's something else to understand, that when we, when we do that, it may take some time for our feelings to kept, catch up with our choice. And that's okay. Because God desires that we choose to forgive. Not that we feel good about it. But when we choose to forgive, we open the door for God to deal with how we feel about it. I don't know about you, but one of the things I've learned in my walk as a Christian is sometimes it's not about how I feel. I don't always feel like lifting my hands in worship. I don't always feel like getting in God's word. I don't always feel like loving my neighbor. But this is what God requires of, of me, and this is what God requires of you. And so for us to begin forgiving the hurt, we have to put God in between our sandpaper person and us, and then we have to make a choice to release them and not retaliate. And the third thing I want to share with you today is that we have to remind ourselves of this, of the choice to forgive every day. We have to remind ourselves of this choice every day. And so if forgiveness is a choice, so is remembering that choice. One of the things I've, I've come to learn is that many of us make choices all the time and we don't stick to those choices because we don't manage those choices effectively. It's one thing to make a choice, it's another thing to manage that choice so that it sticks with you. What I'm suggesting is that remembering to forgive will not happen apart from intention on our part. We have to be intentional if we are going to remember to forgive. And so for some of us, it may mean something as simple as putting a, a reminder in your phone. For others of us, it may be as simple as putting a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. Now, it may sound silly, but I believe that that's just how important this is. 
It's just how important this is. Because without a doubt, the enemy is going to remind you of that, of that bitterness and that resentment and that pain. He's going to remind us of it. But I want to suggest to us today that, that when he reminds us of that bitterness and that hurt and that pain and that resentment starts to set in, this is a great occasion for you and I to pray for the one that hurt us. It's a great opportunity to pray for those that hurt us. We must remember the choice to forgive every day, just like we must remember the gospel of Christ every day and God's choice to forgive us. Because not only did Christ forgive us of the debt, he paid it for us. He paid the debt for us. I want you to know also that great faith and great forgiveness are connected. Great faith and great forgiveness are connected. If you and I should strive to be great at anything as Christ followers, we should strive to be great at forgiving other people. We should strive to be great. If you want to stick your chest out about anything as a believer, it should be about being a great forgiver. We are never more like Jesus than when we forgive. We are never more like him when we choose to forgive. Forgiveness is an opportunity for us to love radically and live like Jesus. So here's a simple prayer that we can pray over our sandpaper people. Here's a simple prayer that we can pray, and we're going to put it up on the screen here because I want us to pray this together. Is that all right? Can we pray this together? Let's pray. Father, I have forgiven this person and released them into your hands. I am free from the burden of retaliation and resentment. I ask you now, Father, to continue healing my heart and theirs. Please use this for your glory and your good. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, can we give God some praise for that prayer together that we prayed together? Listen, I don't know about you, but there is, there is power when we come together in agreement and believe by faith. So if that wasn't for you, maybe it was for the person sitting next to you. If it wasn't for the person sitting next to you, maybe it's for somebody in your family that is so riddled with pain that they can't even pray for themselves. And so part of the challenge for us as we leave here today is not only to not carry the pain for ourselves, but to help usher other people through this process, just like God is ushering us through this process. Friends, we don't have to carry the burden of unforgiveness anymore. God wants to take this away from us. He wants to help us forgive in the same way that we have been forgiven. Peter said in our text that we read, he said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness is our response to a loving God that forgives us. I don't know about you, but it, it reminds me of the things I do regularly that God does not like. The things I do unconsciously that God does not like, yet he forgives me over and over and over and over again. And the pain that I feel is an opportunity for me to be just like my father. It's an opportunity for you to be just like him. So I know that it's painful. 
I know that it hurts. And some of us may have resolved that we'll never forgive the person ever. I want you to take some time after the day and remember what God did for you. Remember what he's doing for you. And remember that we are created in his image and after his likeness. And his desire is that we represent him well in the earth. What better time to do that than when we're hurting? Not an easy thing to do, but I believe it's a necessary thing to do. Because the bottom line, once again, is that forgiveness is setting someone free and realizing it's me. This is an opportunity for us to set ourselves free from the pain that we go through. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much for loving us the way you do. Thank you, Lord, for taking the time out to address the condition of our hearts. Now we ask God for the strength and the wisdom to let go of the pain to let go of the bitterness and the resentment, the rejection, the abandonment, to let go of the memories of what people did to us in our youth and to turn them over into your hands. And we pray that you would help us to trust you to leave it right there. To give you the opportunity, God, to be God, to heal our hearts as we make the choice to put you in the middle of our situation as we make the choice to release them and not retaliate, and as we make the choice to remember to forgive every day. Thank you for how you're gonna show up. Thank you for how you're gonna deal with our pain. Thank you for how you're gonna deal with our hurt. But thank you for this opportunity that is ripe for your glory in our lives. Be glorified through it all, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.